So, Liz. Yes. Our good news to kick off happy hour, since there's not ever any really good news. Well, actually, we have some glimmers of hope this week. We're going to get into it with our, our good buddy and genius friend, Lee Smith, here in a minute. But the good news that we just got is apparently those who got um, the Pfizer vaccine are not going to need a booster shot, no matter what Joe Biden has said. Oh, I think that I think that <laughs> Joe Biden's going to tell him they need a booster shot. <laughs> Did you see Nicki Minaj, who is oh, again, yeah. if you told me a week ago, I would be defending Nicki Minaj. Uh, Nicki Minaj is a rapper. Um don't really not familiar with her music because Julie and I and here on happy hour were about 80s the greatest music um but Nicki Minaj is a very well-known rapper who has I guess 25 million Twitter followers and she was just not she is not down with the vaccine and so she came under a lot of fire and this afternoon after this committee that had met to determine whether Pfizer was going to um, get approval for a booster for the th- a third shot, which also would mean a fourth or fifth shot because this is never going to end. <laughs> so Nicki Minaj tweeted out, I wonder what's happening with Pfizer's stock now. <laughs> you got to love it. Nicki Minaj knows. I think she knows what's going on. So, yes, there's um, I don't know if this will affect Moderna and J&J or what, whatever either but it looks like i was were you surprised that they didn't recommend the booster for everybody i was well isn't that why those two fda officials actually left because that of the controversy over this you know i don't think so i read a little bit about that and it's worse than that julie because they didn't think that people should get boosters before everybody on the planet should get vaccinated (laughs) No, literally, that's what it was. They they felt like we should be sending the vaccines to places that didn't get vaccinated before oh. we gave the Americans a third booster. That's what I got from reading a little bit more about this, because at first I thought this was a scandal, you know, that there was going to be there was some untoward things going on at the FDA. I know it's crazy talk from me, but when I read more, they thought that it was a waste to give people boosters when, I don't know, whoever the Palestinians, I mean, whoever they felt like were worthy of vaccines, that we should give them the vaccines instead of giving a third Uh, shot here. Okay. So, yeah. But now it looks like um, they're not going to recommend uh, everybody get a third shot, which is... um, Interesting. I don't see how the Biden administration lets that stand. And I have a feeling a lot of people have already gotten a third shot from my anecdotal experience and talking really? to people. Yes. In fact, my mother told me that her doctor said that all the doctors know, that she knows have just gotten a third shot of their of their That's of their. Scary. And I've heard from other people, too, that they know people that just went and got a third shot, which brings me to make the point is that number of people vaccinated even accurate because that's assuming that you're talking about two shots for Pfizer two shots for Moderna and one shot for J&J but if people are getting three shots of Pfizer or Moderna um or I don't know one Johnson one one Moderna I mean this could be a nightmare health-wise but whatever um then then do we even know how many people are really vaccinated? Because that number doesn't really reflect a count of people. It just says how many shots have been given, but not how many people have received them. So anyway, I feel like this is the preface, the premise for a, a movie, like in the future where somebody develops weird powers or something because they mixed all their vaccines up. (laughs) They're not really keeping track. Anyway, so let's introduce, I know Julie did introduce our guest already, but let's give another round of of applause. to proper intro. You can do this though. I'll just say that we have Lee Smith, author of several books, including The Plot Against the President, which was made into a movie I highly recommend it. I've watched it three times, and that is not a lie. Um, and Lee writes at Tablet. And Lee, you're still writing at Epoch Times. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You do not want to miss a Lee Smith 
column. I know as soon as I see one, I am immediately reading it. And so Lee's here to talk about nice of you to say the news of the week, which of which there is so much. So, Julie, (laughs) I will let you captain. What is where are we going to start with all of the things that have happened today? I know there's just a potpourri, as you said, of, of things ha- that happened this week. But I am hey, going to. Can I? Uh, I was going to go, ask go on, about because the va- no, I like the way that you guys were talking about the vaccine stuff. And so, um, I mean, uh, I think a lot of the talk about the uh, look. I'm I'm Captain Obvious, but a lot of the talk about the vaccines has not made an awful lot of sense. So wait. So first of all the WHO, oh no, you mustn't take all of these drugs that we have to give, as as you said, Liz, to the Palestinians or the great people of Madagascar. So what, they're they're actually running out of this? This is like a limited source from the Fountain of Youth or something like that? Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. I don't think they're running out of it. They're literally, if you went on the website to go try and get a vaccine, you could go anywhere at any time and pick your vaccine. The, they've, it's peaked, they're, right? They're handing out donuts. They're handing out donuts for people to get vaccines. They Chick-fil-A. have extra vaccines, right? That's exactly. good for your immunity. Chick-fil-A. Processed food and sugar. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, so if they really want the rest of the world, well, look, what, what, what are we doing? We just brought in 150,000 Afghans, right? <laughs> right? So now they're all in line to get the vaccine and there's plenty of them. So you're telling me they couldn't bring anyone here they wanted to give them some of the vaccine? The idea that the vaccines are this rare commodity and they're so uh, they're so highly in demand. The whole idea is preposterous. Like Joe Biden is trying to get the rest of America vaccinated. But as it turns out, there are nearly billions of people around the world who have no access to these vaccines that they cannot give away. Right. So that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. What I what I think is. What I think is this. I mean, I think that people I think the booster shots or the idea of the booster shots probably freaked a lot of people out. Right. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people probably said, I mean, there look, there are millions of zombies in in America and as er, elsewhere around the world. And then there's a lot of people that my my beloved wife calls, you know, zombies or teachers pets. Right. She said, you know, every, every everyone who's a, everyone, anyone who's a teacher's pet will get in line for their booster shot. Like That's they're like they're told description. It That's really is. Question. Yeah. She's referring to family members of ours. So I don't want to go into too much detail. But, you know, so there are there are people like that. But I, I can't imagine there aren't other people, maybe millions of people who got there to five or shots or whatever, and then they hear, oh, yeah, now you're going to need another, and you might need another, and then they're developing this pill, and by the way, we're protecting you, the vaccinated, by forcing the unvaccinated to get sick. Again, I, I know that, of course, these guys control the press. They control so many different things, but there must be normal Americans. There must be millions of them are saying, wait a minute. This doesn't there make are. I right. think that there are. And I it is quite astonishing to think back to when the vaccines were initially rolled out and what was promised and now where we are today, because we were told and it is understood by people who are familiar with what a vaccine is, is that yeah. you would get a vaccine and you would not get the disease. And that's how it was presented. Now we're we just need to get vaccinated. No more masks, no more social distancing, rest, you know, business owners for we could be a free people again. That's what we were promised. Now it turns out that this does not protect you from getting covid and and whether it protects you from getting seriously ill remains to be seen. We really don't know. It seems like it does, but I don't know. Um, So it's astonishing just how different the vaccine has turned out from how it was marketed. And I do think that there are a lot of people who are raising their eyebrows now. They're like, wait a minute, they got the bait and switch on this. Yeah. Julie, what do you think? That's, Julie, I know Julie's uh, been very active in the uh, following the media coverage and the uh, mm-hmm. public health establishment's portrayal of the vaccine and of COVID. 
Um, I mean, well, as you know, I mean, I didn't get vaccinated. And um, I remember talking to friends who were getting vaccinated in the spring and saying, well, what do you think about, you know, what are you going to do when you have to have a booster shot? And they're like, we're not getting a booster shot. You're, it's two shots and you're done. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so I need, to, I need to follow up with some of them. Um, but Lee, I think you make a brilliant point, And that is that the vaccine hesitancy not only plummeted when we were threatened and by all the people who've been wrong about everything on every issue from Joe Biden to Fauci to all the clowns and in, in, uh, Rachel Walensky and all of them um, starting to bully and intimidate people. Natural reaction from most red blooded Americans is to resist that automatically. But as soon as Pfizer, as soon as they started talking about a booster shot, Lee, you're right. I think that that really reinforced in anyone's mind hesitant, you know, people who were hesitant about it or yeah. it, even it had the vaccines that, well, wait a second, you know, they keep changing just like everything with COVID. By the way, we did reach the 18 month anniversary of the 15 days to flatten the curve on um, September 16th. So, oh my gosh, Jean, I, I, why I did have to we say happy it? anniversary to you guys. Uh, yeah. We yes. didn't have a cake. We didn't have a balloon send off. We didn't have champagne. Yeah. This is no, I'm so we sad. Didn't, we didn't get, we didn't do um, Moscato and Netflix, you know, to celebrate. Everyone uh, thought that was going to be so cool. Everybody was in it together. And here we are, yeah, 500. Right. We, were all, we were all in it together. And then everyone forgot. Tragic. Yeah. Yes. Right. 545 days later or whatever. So this is just a continuation. And it's just. The same thing with the lockdowns, the mitigation, the mask, every time that they're wrong and they're wrong on everything, the way that they sold the vaccines, people really believed it was a legit vaccine. It wasn't. I mean, it never was. They Pfizer tried to portray it that way. So did so did Trump. So did Biden. I mean, we have to yeah. place fair blame. Trump did this, too. And so um, mm -hmm. everybody's been duped. But now everyone's just at each other's throats over masks, over, you know, kids and masks, over vaccines and where this is headed. But all the data that's coming out is really pretty, pretty compelling that vaccinate, mm -hmm. highly vaccinated countries, highly vaccinated states and populations have some of the biggest spikes in in cases and that there looks like some of the more vaccinated people are shedding the virus um, and I don't know how you prove, well, this person would have been far sicker without the vaccine or not. I don't know. But um, I, this was not what people bought into early on. Yeah. Well, yeah, and today, I think, I think with yeah. this the FDA, this committee announcement, I think that this is going to make people even more hesitant. Like they're not going to now that booster is off the table for a lot more people than it was before that this committee came out with their decisions, because there's just oh. so much suspicion because there's been so much duplicity, duplicitousness and misrepresentation and all of this banning, the social media banning, um, the suppressing of questions and therapeutics, because really you would think that if you're a public health official or let's just say you're a, a random American and you think these officials are here to talk about public health. You would wonder why wouldn't they want to find different ways to treat the virus? Why wouldn't they want, um, a, yeah. you know, a therapeutic that is effective? But but what we're finding today, I just read um, that Instagram has banned the hashtag natural immunity. So you cannot say you cannot write hashtag natural immunity. I mean, this is wait, really? World. Yes, you can't. They It's banned. So if you say something, if you tell, if you're talking, if you're a health person, I follow a lot of health people on Instagram and, and well, a lot of paleo people, not establishment health people, but there, everybody's always talking about your immune system before COVID. Everybody's mm -hmm. get sunshine, get vitamin D. Don't do this, do this exercise. Why on earth would our public health officials be encouraging the censorship of people talking about how to build up your immune system. I mean, it's really crazy, but here we are. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's part of it. I mean, it's, it's scary how broken things are. And, you know, I always, I always like to talk about the work that Julie's done 
on on the tr- I mean tremendous work on January 6th because it shows tragically how broken our justice system is, how broken our law enforcement authorities are, DOJ and FBI. These things are broken. But I think there's another half of it that we need to look at. I think we're also talking about clown world authoritarianism. It's like clown world fascism. It's like these people are what they're doing is really bad and really ugly and really scary. But these people themselves are just morons. Right. Well, if you, if you, uh, let, 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 is corrupt. Well, every agency but it's not is just not. It's just the DOJ right. is so high profile. But if you think no, that I, I, the FDA and the and the CDC are not similarly corrupt, that's a oh, they no, are. Of course, of course. But look, but but I'm going to the point that you're making about the natural immunity. It's like, well, who believes this, right? Who are the people who believe this, right? Who are the people who who are the people who didn't uh, do a spit take when they heard Joe Biden and Kamala Harris talking about we're going to protect the vaccinated, right? Normal Americans, you don't have to be a PhD. Nor- normal Americans understand, uh, you know, they understand what a vaccination means because they've been vaccinated for lots of different things. And this would make people say, who are these clowns? It's like, look, if you're running an authoritarian regime, this is not the scariest one. They're running authoritarianism through a corpse, right? This is not, we've, <laughs> we've already entered the stage with, with Joe Biden. I mean, I think it's important to, for us to take a step back and go like, well, these, thank God for America, these aren't very serious authoritarians. They're, they're clowns, right? It's like none of them have the nerve, thank goodness for this too, but none of them have the nerve to stand up and say, I'm going to run this show. Millie thinks Millie thinks that's what he's been doing, right? Millie also is a clown. So I, I think that this is a I think this is a break that we as Americans should be able to laugh at these idiots and also realize, as scary as it is, we're not as um, we're not in desperate condition like many like we often think, because again, we're up against clowns. It's just a joke. But what happens when there's no faith in authority? A lot of people prior to COVID had a lot of trust in our public health authorities. They thought, oh, you remember that Fauci was about to get, you know, sainthood and all these other doctors and public health officials were constantly making their pronouncement and people listened because they thought, oh, they're public health officials. But now, you know, we've heard so much double talk. I think one of the most interesting things we heard was this push to get people who had COVID to get them vaccinated. And any parent knows that if your kid gets chicken pox, you do not give them the varicella vaccine, which is the vaccine against chicken pox. Why? They already had immunity to chicken pox. So now you have these quote, trusted authorities coming out with this sort of gibberish mishmash And I think people's trust is eroding, but the danger is, I mean, we are at a very fragile time too, because what happens when a society cannot trust the people who are supposed to be, you know, um, telling them important information about their health, about science, about international affairs, about war, about, you know, things like that. I mean, it's a fragile time and this is where you get people who follow like the QAnon stuff or people who are doing weird, th- really crazy things and thinking that it's helping them, you know, avoid the virus. I mean, it's overall, I just think we're in a very dangerous and fragile time because there is no trust in these institutions. I, I agree with that. I think all of these institutions are broken. I think the expert class has shown itself to be right. Just clown world class, right? But what I'm saying is, is that a lot of people are scared, are understandably, because they're doing scary things that are costing people their lives. Regarding January 6th, they've, co- uh, they've co- cost people their liberty. But yeah. these, you know, what, what, our, what our elite is doing, they're disastrous and they're destructive. The point, I, the only point I'm making is also, they're also failures. This is not an accomplished 
Um, this is not an accomplished authoritarian class who's going to be able to commit the murder of millions of kulaks, right? There's not going to be camps. The level of fear, we need to turn down our own level of fear, I think, and see what we're dealing with. We're dealing with morons and we're, we're out on our own, but we're Americans, so it's okay for us to be out on our own. I guess what, I'm, what, I, what, I like to, what I like to do is like, look at the upside, look at, the po- look, right. look at how weak they are, how pathetic they are and say, hey, everyone, you know, let's just settle down and see how things are going. There's no shooting in the streets. Nothing like that has to happen. Not, not, not yet. And, um, you know, let, let's see how to win. And something that both of you guys talk about all the time is, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who's not going to lead us to victory, the, uh, the uh, Republican establishment. So who's going to do it? it, it it's, it's regular Americans. You know, I think, Lee, and I want to pivot to this, too, and I think you know this better than anyone, and it was sort of a question that was debated during the whole Russiagate, is you had every powerful institution, the most powerful law enforcement, intelligence, uh, everyone going after Trump. And at the end of the day, they still didn't get him. Now, there was plenty of collateral damage, but when you know, Mike Flynn or Carter Page, you know, George Papadopoulos, people who they were sort of entrapping and ensnaring in this. But I think that, okay, are they really corrupt and evil or are they just complete more moronic idiots who even with every tool at their disposal could not achieve their ultimate goal? And at the end, they had to collaborate with everyone else to steal the election. Um right. You're right. They're they're dunces. I mean, Mark Milley is an idiot. Anthony mm-hmm. Fauci, a dunce. I mean, these are not people who could really function right. in any other space except for government. Um, right. And so I guess you're right. That is a little bit of the upside is that they're so stupid, but they're so arrogant and stupid, which is a really deadly right. combination um, that how dangerous. How could they prevail? Well, but to Lee's point, and I think that this is a good, they are dangerous because of what they are doing. But right now they are targeting Americans with no means, with no lawyers. I mean, they are going after the weakest links right now. They want to pretend that they're going after congressmen, that they're really going to go after Trump, that they're really going to go after, you know, powerful congressmen or they're not. You know, they write letters and they right. issue subpoenas and they force people to, you know, these congressmen or whoever to to hire lawyers. But what really are they going to achieve? Because what do they have substance wise? So I think that that is sort of an interesting angle in terms of trying to figure out a way that we could save the republic and not right. let them win. Well, the point that you make there is really interesting and really uh, moving. And actually, I'm probably going to get really emotional. But the idea, right, they're picking on they're picking on weak kids, right? They're picking on weak people, people with not many resources, people who don't have the money to defend themselves, people, disposable Mm -hmm. people. Right. This is what Hillary Clinton. This is what the deplorables were. Mm -hmm. This is what they did with Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. This is what they did with. A lot of the people that this is this is how the FBI, this is one thing the FBI can do. Right. And this is what they do with informants. They can read weak people. They can or, or, or they can read people that they can hurt. Right. right. People. And I, I don't I'm, I, Carter Page is a, is a you know great, cool guy. But they also knew that Carter Page didn't have a he didn't have a patron in Washington who if they crossed Carter Page, they knew they were running into uh someone at the Brookings Institution or something like that. So they could mess with different people. Right. right. These are bullies. These are nasty, miserable Bully, yeah. people. And I, that's, that's and, really and, 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 and I agree with you that, that they're causing a tremendous amount of damage. But one thing I like to think about all the time is not a single thing these people do and not a single person that they harm or, or destroy will be forgotten. Not a single thing will be forgotten. This will all be remembered. It will all, it will all right. come out. That's right. Nothing will be forgotten of what they've done. No. Just to come back to their, their, their weakness and how pathetic they are, though, 
you know, I mean, the case that I've been making, and I still believe this is true, I believe that, you know, that Biden is an avatar. I mean, I mean, Obama's virtually admitted it now, right? That Obama, that Biden is an avatar for Obama's third term. But it makes you look at how disastrous this administration is. Yeah. You're like, wait, if Obama's running the show, he's not half the guy that we've all given him credit for. But you and go back does. and you look at Obama's years. What did Obama do during those eight, those two terms? Nothing. He he legalized he legalized an Iranian nuclear weapons program. That's what he did, right? He 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 did nothing else. There's no legacy there. There's nothing at all. What did Obama have? He had the press. He had the fawning admiration of a press that made him out to be uh, that made him out to be the Messiah. That, that's what I'm saying. These people are absolute failures. They're terrible Fraud. at what they do. Yep. Not only are they not world-class geniuses, they can't even do what they say they do. I love that. That is that's so powerful, Lee. That's so spot on. You are right. And and it's almost in a way better to mock them. Like, yes. you're here's what you set out to do. Here are the people that you're going after. Like you FBI agents, do you really get off going to like some veteran's house at 6 a.m. with your battering ram and your rifles drawn at, you know, some veteran, some 68 year old woman who's in her pajamas and you could boss them around? Like, does that, that gets you off? Like, is that really what you went to the FBI for? Like. What a creep show. What a total creep show. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got to think about the people that are the agents that are forced to sort of execute these things. I think of the um, agents that were in Alaska. Remember, they busted into that woman's house and they said, this was you. And she's like, no, that's not me. That's not my jacket. I was wearing this like and then they detain them and they cuff these people in Alaska that they thought were at, you know, inside the Capitol. What? You, what's going through the the FBI agent's head? Is this, you know, did you, is this what you envisioned, you know, when you grew up and were like, I want to be an FBI agent, and this is what yeah, you're, you're doing? Real tough, real tough guy. Or, right. or the 15 FBI agents that were dispersed to investigate the Bubba Wallace hoax, noose hoax, while the gymnasts who were being raped by a pedophile right. for years, we right. couldn't be bothered. We didn't have any time for that. I mean, that is that's a really good point you make, Lee, too, is about, you know, bringing out the attacking and and, you know, triumphing over these weaker people, these little people, just the regular average Americans who have no power. We have to admit that this is the reason why a lot of people like power just to crush whether whether it's a guy with a badge or whether it's a guy with uh or whether it's a guy with a desk in the oval office right it's like a, a lot of people don't use their power to good ends they like their power they use their power to make themselves more powerful other other over other people and one of the points I, i'm really glad you brought up that the the, the larry nassar case because that to me really drives home what the issue is and i think this is something that the three of us have spoken about before that the problem problem here is not primarily political. I mean, yeah, the FBI is right now, but certainly FBI leadership is controlled by the, whether we want to call it the UNA party, whether we want to call it the swamp, the elite, however we want to talk about it. But the Larry Nassar thing shows that it's not just political corruption, it's moral corruption. Mm-hmm. Right. What did these what did the what what did the, what did one of the, the lead agents do? He said, hey, if you uh, I see you guys are listing a job at the Olympic <laughs> Committee. I, you know, if you uh, if you if you if you give me um, you know, give me the inside track, I could probably help these problems go away. Mm-hmm. It's like that's moral corruption. These people are disgusting. Look at what happened with the Durham indictment. Look at what look at the look at the deals that these guys are making. Hey, I'm interested in the top cybersecurity job in a Clinton administration. I bet I can help you out. I mean, so that that, that that's the issue. It's that's the issue. It's not they take political sides. There's a political manifestation. As it, as it turns out, that political manifestation is typically on the left. It's typically the Democratic Party is the instrument 
most frequently for this corruption, but it's primarily moral and spiritual. That's our real fight, I think, not political. Well, just to take it a little bit further, Lee, is that this is the business model for these institutions. It's not just that there are weak people you know, that are immoral, because there certainly are. But it's that you don't pull this kind of stuff where you can bury an investigation against a serial pedophile who is molesting Olympic gymnasts for decades. You don't you don't bury that unless that's kind of business as usual. Right. Like that's that's a bold thing to try and pull off, you know, just like it's a bold move to say, hey, I want a top security cybersecurity position in the Clinton ministry. You know, can you can that again, those are bold moves that you only make if you yeah. feel that it's safe to make them and that it's right. it's normal and what's expected. So it's even more severe. This is why it's just right. a systemic rot. This is fascinating the way you just put it, because you know, this was the case that we made during, you know, that we made during Russia get it's like, hey. If the FBI, if the deep state can do this to the president of the United States, if they can do it to a retired, uh, you know, to a retired general like Michael Flynn, they can do it to anyone. But think about it the way you just put it. It's like, wait a minute, the FBI covered up, covered up like like the serial serial rapes of of, of Olympic gymnasts. How is that possible? Like these are, you know, I, I mean, these these young women, girls in many cases. I mean, these are in the spotlight. Americans love them. Little kid, little kids, gr- little girls grow up I, 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 idolizing them. And the idea somehow that the FBI says, yeah, but so what? We're going to cover it up. We got better things to worry about. You're right. That is, you're right. That's not a one-off. That shows right. the, the incredible rot and corruption of our institutions. How let, how dare you let them attack like right in some cases little girls and like these little girls who are in front of the camera all the time every four years everyone knows their name but these creeps said ah forget about it maybe we can get a job out of this with the olympic committee and to feel comfortable enough to lie about what the girls reported um i don't know if you so i didn't see all the all of the testimony i just didn't have a stomach for it. it this stuff gets me very stabby if you will but I saw a clip of uh, Michaela Maroney <laughs> talking about how shocked she was when she read the Office of Inspector General's report about the investigation to learn that the FBI agent had literally lied about what she said. I mean, think mm. about the moral bankruptcy of a human being who would lie of of this young girl mm. who is being molested and raped by a man who's a doctor who's done it to many others. So it's yeah. it's just a it 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 seems business as usual. Again, they to lie on the report about what this victim said, to lie about what Carter Page said, to lie about what Mike Flynn was saying or what he understood, to you know, all these lies, they're all like they're all the same thing. And so it's just a whole systemic rot. And that this is, as I've said, for many years since it started, this is the business model. This is the business model of these agencies. And it's terrifying. Well, and look at what happened with the Whitmer kidnapping plot. You have an FBI agent or handler for every dope that that they entrapped, really, in this kidnapping plot. It was originally supposed to be a storming the Capitol. I mean, it was the preface. It was the rehearsal, the dress yeah. rehearsal for what happened on January 6th in Michigan. You have a, you have a, one agent per perpetrator, basically. And then you've got the lead FBI agent who is a complete sicko who attacks his wife, bashes her head against the against their bed and eventually, I guess now just finally got fired. But to your both of your point. It, it is a it's a political rot, which is bad. But the moral, the lack of humanity, the lack of accountability, just not even in a by a supervisory role. But they have no moral checks and balances because they know they can get away with with anything and they have gotten away with it. So. It's not just a matter of, well, okay, the FBI and Jim Comey went after, you know, Donald Trump and et cetera, you know, detailed so 
Lee in both of your books, but, um, you know, you wrote the permanent coup and yes, of course it was, but now it's with Trump out of the, out of the white house, it's a permanent coup that they're attempting for everybody, but it's not just Trump supporters. It's not just Republicans. I mean, anybody who's in their path is vulnerable. And I, I was never about Trump, right? It was never about Trump. Yeah, it was about the it was about the republic in general. It was about that they were that these people were sick and dis- they were sick and tired of democracy. Why share? Why try to share all this with the peons, with people who don't un- don't understand? That that that's how I see it, right? Can you talk about the, the um? Talk, can you talk about the Sussman indictment? What you think, and you know, if you think anything else is going to be coming out of the Durham probe. I think that, well, first of all, I, I mean, first of all, as, as again, the three of us have spoken about, I mean, I, I certainly since the election, I've been skeptical of the of his ability. I, I mean, I've been skeptical of his, his ability to get anything done, not least because it's Joe Biden's Justice Department and Joe Biden is Joe Biden was a part of the operation to go after the Trump team. Right. Joe Biden was one of the people who spot one of the dozens of Obama officials who spied on Michael Flynn. He also was the one who tried to set up Flynn for the this ridiculous slogan act nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been, again, skeptical about how much room he has. But I have to say, reading this indictment, and, you know, people who know more than I do um, are impressed with the indictment. And they note, they said, yeah, this points to a conspiracy. And this is what Congressman Nunez's team, you know, this is what the, these investigators were pointing to. And this is what their investigation, you know, again, this is what their investigation underscored. This was a conspiracy. So reading the Durham indictment of Sussman, it's definitely about a conspiracy. The other thing is, again, these things we knew, but it's good to have it documented. It's good to have it in legal um, legal documents, which is this goes right to the Clintons. That's who it is. <laughs> it's it's Hillary Clinton, right? She was the one that started this. The reason that America, the reason that America uh, was broken for the last four years, well, as we're talking about, there are many things, but she was the one who jammed up. She was the person who started this operation to delegitimize Donald Trump. the man who beat her at the polls. She's the one responsible for that. So it's good to have her, it's good to have her name on this. And that's what this Sussman indictment does. The way, I mean, it it looks like there's plenty of room for other legal action, for other indictments. The question again is, is the Biden Justice Department going to let him do it? Or are they going to say, okay, that's, that's enough. You can you can get uh, an indictment on this guy Sussman, but he's not going to jail. Nothing's happened, and nothing else is happening. Now walk away. I, I, that, that, and that's going to be that's hard to know. Do you think that? Well, I guess I shouldn't even ask because we all know that real answer. Um, but where is this going to go forward? Like it, we're, we when we look at the indictment, and we get a little bit, a few more pieces of this puzzle, and connections are made. The media is basically ignoring this. So, you know, I'm not I, I'm not seeing the same level of coverage on this as we saw sure. on the Alpha Bank uh, coverage, the um, Trump Tower meeting, the, um, you know, all the other millions of things that happened ev- yeah. hourly every day for four years. So right. uh, ultimately what you know, what. What is what are going what's going to be the consequences, the meaningful consequences for and especially regarding Clinton? I mean, what are they going to do about Hillary Clinton or to Hillary Clinton for any of this? I I mean, again, it's going to depend on how much room he's how much room he's given. You know, I mean, I think that Joe Biden has and the, the Biden administration has a stake in stopping this as soon as possible. However, it's also possible that Joe Biden might. I mean, let's remember that. The, the people who first put out the news about Hunter Biden's problems in Ukraine, this was the Clintons, right? This is right. the December 2015 piece. The Clintons mm-hmm. went after the Bidens to keep him out of the 2016 campaign. 
So we don't know. I mean, you know, not all there. Um, so I have no problem with seeing her go down. I, 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 we don't know. But I think that's a possibility to entertain. I think one of the big things the indictment tells us is this, is that it's implausible that James Baker is the only guy in FBI leadership who didn't know about the, about, about the Russia operation you know, the Trump-Russia stuff that they were running out of the seventh floor at the FBI. So a lot of this stuff's like, oh, yeah, Sussman, uh, I didn't know he was working for the Clintons. And, uh, oh, yeah, then they started making up this stuff about Russia. I, I, I think it's likely that James Baker is being protected because he's volunteering information. I don't know. Again, we don't know what the conditions might be. But he got off certainly very easy in this indictment. And, um, you know, I mean, this was run out of the FBI. So the idea that Baker didn't know what was actually happening and the idea that he would be surprised when Michael Sussman would show up this information, it's not uh, not believable. So there's lots of FBI people who are certainly, uh, you know, who might have reason to be concerned right now. More than more than they have more than they have been over the last several years. You know, we know their names: Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. This was the core of the Crossfire Hurricane um, operation. Do you think um, so? Conspiracy-wise, and we could just be yeah. daydreaming. We could be daydreaming mm-hmm. right now how this all comes together. Um, but yeah. some people were suggesting, and I just briefly looked at the indictment. Is there any way that Perkins Coie as an organization could be indicted. Obviously, we know that they were the cover agency, um, hired um, Pete, uh, Christopher Steele, and right. that was sort of the pass through so they didn't have to file required campaign right. disclosures, <clears throat> that kind of reporting. So just in best case, let's just you know, on happy hour, what could be, you know, what would be your dream indictments? Who would be hauled off and what would the charges be? Are are you, I mean, my dream indictment is Hillary Clinton. Of course, Hillary Clinton and John Brennan. I mean, I think that those certainly pre-election, those are the two major figures. Look, we we have, and, and let's go back to, let's go back to something we know, is that, right, John Brennan basically hung Hillary out to dry. With that memo that he wrote that, um, you know, that uh, Richard Grinnell and Cash Patel declassified, I guess it was spring of 2020, right? John Brennan saying, oh, yeah, we we have insight into Hillary Clinton's uh, plan to vilify Donald Trump as a Russian agent and in order to deflect attention from her from her compromised email server. So that's Brennan himself. Right. So Brennan knew what was going on. The question is, like when Brennan wrote that memo and when Brennan was looking to provide himself with a get out of jail free card. But I mean, you know, those are those are the people from my perspective at the top of the the top of the uh, the top of the list and the top of the top of the operation. You know, and, and what and what does Brennan say in this note? He said, yeah, Hillary, Hillary approved it approved this plan put forward by one of her foreign policy advisors. So it's Hillary. Hillary's the one who's saying it. You know, I, I mean, she might not have devised it, but according to Brennan, she authorized it. I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly. I don't, I mean, she would be part of the conspiracy then, right? If there is a conspiracy, right. then she's part of the conspiracy. So that's that's that would be my idea. That would be my you know, that would be my dream indictment Your right dream. there. Make I mean, because because look, the Clintons for 25 years, if we're talking about the corruption of Washington D.C. Yeah. and the corruption of our elite, no one represents the, the the corruption better than the Clintons. I mean, you in, in a sense you could almost have some sympathy for the FBI, which was used near, for nearly a quarter of a century as a place to clean up the Clintons dirt right it's like that's what we do it's what we do over here at the bureau you know i thought we i thought they caught bad guys and stopped terrorists nope we clean up for the clintons that's what we do over here we've been doing it for more than two decades now so yeah to make to make the clintons and to make clinton people accountable boy that's 
that would be a step in the right direction. It would be I'm so cleansing. I'm not optimistic be- about that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm, I agree I'm, with you, but. You guys asked me to dream, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's good. He you has a little dream. bubble over his head. We we'll need our it. dream. It's, ha- it's happy hour, okay? That's Look, right. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, come on. That puts it's a smile on everyone's it. face. <laughs> right. But, you know, here's the, the thing. Here's the thing with that, the, the, that indictment. America, the good guys needed a win, right? Not just, not just uh, Congressman Devin Nunes and, um, you know, the Hipsey investigation and John Durham. It's like the good guys needed a win. We've been going through, and by good guys, I mean people who love this country, not, not people who want to, not, not people who want or support and vote for those who throw open our borders, those who want uh, children, uh, children, you know, choked to death with masks. These psychopaths. I'm saying the good guys, regular Americans. We deserve a win, and the Sussman uh, indictment is not, uh, you know, it, it's not a rout, but it's a win, and it's good to put a win up on the board. Um, uh, we need, we need some momentum, and also we need heading into a weekend, happy hour before the weekend. We need to have a smile on our faces, and this puts a smile on my face. How's that? I love oh, it. Sweet. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, unusual optimism here on happy hour, which is. <laughs> yeah, we're not, um, we're not optimistic people. No, I'm I think not always good. like this at regular happy hours. Yeah. No, no, I, I think your point about some points on the board is good. And, you know, we could take any win that we can get right now. Right. And I think in a weird way, even the booster shot thing is is a slight win and you know some of the other things that are happening um because everything else is so dark to your point our our borders are thrown open we have 150,000 new afghan translators who are going to be here (laughs) america america is now the it's going to become the center for afghan english (laughs) translation what's going to be you know i i believe this is going to be here's 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 me being really positive I think Julie and Liz, we might be looking at an Afghan literary renaissance here. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what we need. I think that's exactly an the, the, an the cure that America needs. That's, Meanwhile, that's let's wonder win. where are these COVID variants coming from as we open, leave our southern borders open and bring in 150,000 or however many Um Afghan measles, translators, measles, measles, measles. bearing. Right. Yeah, there's a measles outbreak yeah. in Virginia. I heard. So. Yeah, I think te- I think Texas too. Right. That's great. Um, well, look to to come back to being optimistic. You know, everyone talks all the time. You know, we all we've all seen it on social media, and whether it's Andrew Breitbart or Steve Bannon saying, you know, hey, you think they're going to give your country to you? without a fight. And people say that and they quote it all the time. They say this and they say that. It's like, okay, so this is the fight, right? right. I mean, what what do you think that fight's going to be like? Do you, do you think they're just going to roll over? No, it's going to take, it's going to be a while. But again, the reason that I say we need to stay optimistic is because if you look over at the other side, man, it's, it's just a clown fest. <laughs> I mean, these people are ridiculous. They're dangerous and they have many, many resources. And they have many institutions. But I'll tell you what, if we, given the nature of the authoritarian regimes in, in the world, in past history, in the present, and presumably what will be like in the future, boy, I, 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 think, I think we pulled the, uh, I, I, I think we pulled pretty well on the draw here. We're, we, 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 that's a clown show over there. So it's, but it's. That's it's, a very it's, good it's, point. We're, and now in, we're it, in the fight. This is the we fight. Are. We're lucky to be in the fight. Look at all the I people agree. who want, look at all the people who look and they talk about the founding fathers. They talk about Lincoln. They talk about this. They talk about that. Like, hey, you're, you are alive at a historic time. Right. You know, and no one's saying that you have to pick up a bayonet. They're just saying, be, be, be awake. Um, side with the good guys. Go out. Know your neighbors. Make yourself stronger. Your family stronger. Your community stronger. And be alert. You know, be alert for the main chance and be of good cheer. It's okay to despair. And that's and that's why 
And that's why Americans have to listen to happy hour and math <laughs> to be of good cheer. But really, There's you're so in so much the- optimism here. It's not I'm surprised, like if anyone just tuned into the show and they were yeah, like, what show is this? It's a it's a seriously, it's a blessing. Look at all the people who spend the, the people who spend all their who spend their entire lives looking for some sort of meaning. Right. And they waste their lives because they can't find any meaning. There's 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 nowhere for them to invest their their soul and their mind. And what do we have here? That's what we have. We have a fight. Right. It's it's not an abstract fight. It's not a fight for freedom. It's not a fight for liberty. It's a fight for the way you're going to live. It's a fight for the way your kids are going to live, the way your grandchildren will live. It's a fight connecting our past to our future. Oh, we we are we are we are blessed to be in this fight. So and we're doubly blessed by the people we're fighting are sinister, evil, dangerous clowns. They're clowns. <laughs> we're not we're not looking over the other side and saying, holy cow, that looks like Stalin. Wait, is that Hitler? No, it's a corpse in the White House. <laughs> it's a dead guy that they stitched together. It's a pair of teeth. It's a pair of teeth that they that they, that that that, that they've constructed a, that they've constructed a body around. I think it, I think most of it's probably paper mache, right? They're they're dangerous and evil, but we also have to have a sense of humor about it. That's what I mean. Be of good cheer, and make fun of them. That's what Angelo Cotavilla always writes about, and I I love it. He's like you know they try to they this is the most important thing is to knock them down because they think they're morally and intellectually superior. They're ridiculous. They're a farce. Well, that certainly is true. And it's always good to read Angelo. He's got an excellent insight into this. And there is something to say for mocking. I mean, I'm a big critic of Twitter. Um, In a way, I think it's a distraction where people think that is the fight. You know, like the fight is on Twitter, you know, and it's, you know, with these hot takes going back and forth. But that's really not the fight. And it's it's a distraction to think that's where your energy is, although it is. Uh, again, I totally support mocking these people. That's the only way you can handle them. You should never take them seriously. You shouldn't take them at face value. You shouldn't address them as if you're engaged in a mutually agreeable, you know, inter, you know, interlocutor relationship to get to the truth because that's that's definitely not what's happening. But you but you do make a good point. You know, this is this is the fight, and it yeah. and this is this is it and it's not easy but it's never been an easy fight and they're not just going to turn over the keys right to the yeah. to the castle and say oh just look what they did to trump when they lost you know right. and again you 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 do bring up a good point and reason for optimism that with everything that they possibly had and the entire power and force Yes. of the U.S. government, they all that right. happened was Trump got 10 million more votes than he did the right. first time. With yeah. everything they had, everything they had, good that's point. what happened. That, right. That's a really good way to put it. I, I'm, I'm not going to defend Twitter, by the way, but I'll say one thing, which is, yeah, Twitter is not the fight, but it's kind of a part of the fight, right? Because the communications is really yes. important and they know this. So whenever they cut our people off, because it's not just standing there opposing them, flinging poo at them, as fun as that is, <laughs> and as important as that is. The other thing is, like, we have to take care of our side too. We have to keep them. Ha- we have to keep them optimistic. We have to tell them where the fight is, what's going on, how it's going on, and this is what you know. This is how. Uh, this is how the old, the Arabs, the the the, the pre-Islamic Arabs used to fight. They used to line up on on each side and they would wave their banners and they would shout. They would recite poetry and they would they would insult the other side and they would get their own side fired up. But this is always what a a struggle is like. There's always what a fight is like. And that's why communications, strategic communications are so important to demoralize the others. And that's what they're they They do that well with us. They demoralize us. So it's important that we work in different ways to demoralize them. And also to keep our side up, right? To say, like, here's the fight. Here's the struggle. We're in it. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, we're winning. So, I, so again, 
I, I don't mean to defend Twitter, but, but you know, but the, 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 the flinging is part of the fight. But Twitter too is where you can take the fight like directly to some of these reporters, like the New York times people yeah. or Washington post who are now pretending there's no such thing as political prisoners related to January 6th. I mean, you can directly oh, get on their feet, right. confront them, give them the facts. I mean, their readers don't really care, oh, but congrats, congrats, by the way. I saw that in their in their creepy uh, newsletter today. They attacked you on, uh, you know, they attacked the work that you've been doing. Congratulations, that's fantastic. Was that the New York Times you, piece or? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I, I don't I don't know what piece they had. I just saw it in the newsletter. But you know, they attack you. They attack Senator Johnson. They attack yep. Tucker Carlson. So it's great. Good for them. You're in good company, right. Julie. I that's, felt I they, I felt I was pretty stoked about that. I got to say, it was like the New York Times is going after you. You're doing something right. Can I tell you what gives me great hope is watching the college kids at football games and parties afterwards (laughs) chanting, fuck Joe Biden. Like that to me is that puts a big smile on my face. Right. That's fantastic. I will will share mine. I had like an uplifting moment this um. (laughs) week when no this is serious this is gonna I be was, okay it was sad okay. but it was in a for a good reason so i found this okay so i have tiktok now i have it on a secure mm-hmm. device it's not with my other things because i know it's just offer it's you know it's just chinese spy tool mm-hmm. but um and it is addicting so if anyone wonders is it just hype no it's not it's completely addicting it is anyway so there was a video of this nurse and she was talking about how she was very upset and she looked like she was about to cry in the video about how horrible it was that she was, I guess, doing vaccines for a man. He had a small child with him mm-hmm. and the man had said to her, I really don't want this. I'm terrified. I don't want to do this. But if I do this, I'm going to lose my job. If I don't do this, I'm going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to, okay, I know this sounds dark. Just bear with me, people. <laughs> you're probably like, what, I knew what, this what? would be good. I knew it. You're like, you're sick. You're sick. No, just wait. It, wait. I'll explain myself as I get there. And so she said, she, she, she sat there and held his hand and because he knew he had to do this for his family. And she said, she talked for a while about how disgusting it was that this is where we are. And what made me yeah. optimistic is that this was a young woman. She, she was in her 20s, right? Mm-hmm. They're not talking about some crotchety old person here. This was a young, you know, this young generation, like the generation screaming, fuck Joe Biden in the in the football fields. This woman was just so disgusted and hurt and moved um, emotionally mm-hmm. by having to watch this yeah. poor man, like, compromise himself because of this ridiculous vaccine mandate that happens, it gives me hope that there are younger people that are, the light is going on in their head and they're seeing what's what's actually happening. So again, it, it did take a positive turn. So I'm not like Morticia Adams yeah. over here and I'm dark <laughs> all the time. Um, so, and that does, it gives me, because I do worry about the youth. I know a, a common theme here on Happy Hour, other than darkness, mm-hmm. is that what a mm-hmm. great generation Gen X is. Julie and I were Gen Xers. And mm-hmm. our generation, anything that came from authority was like, we were like, fuck you. You yeah. know, our generation was the anti-authority yeah. generation. We were, you know, we were latchkey kids. We were out, you know, brawling in the streets. Our parents were like, you know, come home when the lights, the street lights come on. You know, to, and to come from a time that was very um, anti-authoritarian, to see all these, like, young kids, these college kids, these hipsters, these twee little people on Instagram, and they're all like, get your vaccine, wear a mask, look at my pretty mask, yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. uh, it's appalling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That, so I but found no, this I, young no, I woman totally, inspiration. I, right. No, I, I and and it is, but I I absolutely believe that you know that what all the all the you know all, all they're just they're they're just establishment people, right? They're establishment kids, establishment teens, establishment Teacher college pet. students, exactly. Teachers' pet. That's right. Captain's phrase for it is a great way to think about it. 
all these people want to be approved of by different authorities. It's like if, 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 if you look at the amount of young people, like naturally young people are going to rebel against teachers. I mean, that's what I'd really love to know. I'd really love to know how many of these young kids, they come out of kids like when they're teenagers. We know the kids who come out when they're teenagers that they've totally swallowed all the critical race theory nonsense and all this garbage. But how many of these kids come out of and go like, oh, for Pete's sake, this is total junk, right? I mean, so I'm, 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 I'm very optimistic. I love the, I love the F Joe Biden chance too. I really want one this weekend though. I really want to hear Fauci sucks. I can't believe we haven't heard that one yet. But we got but, we got to get that going. I'll tell my daughter that to out spread there, that to all of her um, college friends I, across, I, across I, the country. I, where 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 are what? Because I mean, the big thing is you got to get to a Division One game and That's start right. it off. I'm, I yeah. So mm-hmm. I hope to get to uh, a, a, an SEC game sometime. But I mean, no one's going to follow my chance. I gotta. I got to pay off a couple 19-year-olds to start it off. Hey, but yeah. you never know. That's easy. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Do you have to yeah. be vaccinated right. to go to the hey. games? I don't know. Hey, I'll buy you guys a couple beers. Start off a Fauci sucks chant. Like, all right. That sounds <laughs> good. One for each of us? Yeah, yeah, you got to get the guys, too, not the girls. Just get the guys a keg. Oh, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Starting the guys. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love so it. So I'm it. I'm sorry to I'm sorry if you guys are saying that you know um, happy hour is usually dark. I'm sorry to I'm I'm sorry to brighten up happy hour, but you know <laughs> we don't I'm hear that often. Really, yeah, We're gonna I'm add you to our permanent to, roster. <laughs> I'm sorry to bum out the happy hour crowd. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no, there's reason. Look, I mean. And also, again, because I think the primary thing to think about is it's not political. And so, you know, you guys are are, are right when you look around and you talk about the deal. Is who in the who in the Republican establishment is going to represent us? Who can we even run for these different offices? These things that need to be done. And look at these clowns now. And in a sense, a lot of these people, I think we've already given up on a lot of these people a long time ago, right? We still have people who are speaking. Look at Tucker, God bless him. Every time he gets up and he goes after Lindsey Graham, who might be on, might the be best. on in half an hour on Hannity's show. It's hysterical, right? But everyone knows who the clowns are and everyone knows who the people are like, well, I'm sure he's done some good things, but the guy's kind of useless, you know? But what, what, look, at all the, look at all the great Americans we have, like these kids. I would do anything. Look at how much they cheered people. That was a win too. Just seeing, just seeing that Virginia Tech, you know, that Virginia Tech crowd getting off fire, playing Metallica. That's, That's the right. answer. Punk rock, punk rock and metal. We, have we to need go more back metal. Punk We're there. Right. We're, we. That's what happy hour is. If we, if we, if we had to say what happy hour is about. It would be about punk rock and metal. Cause that's me, Julie and I. Because Liz, Liz was the I punter I, and I was the metal. Oh, I gotta have a th- I, I I I gotta have a theme song. Wow, like kind of <laughs> like walkout music. There's so many options. There are. I usually go. I usually go with something by Zeppelin, but I wouldn't mind. I don't know if it's punk. I would probably have to go with Ramones. Rockaway yeah. Beach has that. I would support yeah. that. I would support the yeah. Ramones. I like um, the Ramones. I didn't like punk, fans. but I like the Ramones. Every who doesn't so like the Ramones? You, That's just un-American. If you, you know? guys invite me, if you guys invite me on again, I I I want to um I want to play. I I want you guys to play some Ramones for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as our out bumper. Now that you said that, All just right. en- enough so that okay. we don't get a takedown order or whatever. <laughs> Oh, do they do that? Well, I don't know. We're, we're, we're not we're not Ben Shapiro's podcast. So, <laughs> no, we don't really get on. I don't know if we're on anyone's radar. Although we do. We we are growing. And I think it's because the DOJ people are listening to see if Julie's going to say anything. But oh, yeah, I wasn't there. I, I live here, but I wasn't yeah. at the J6. So just I say that every so, show so- to make sure. Last night, you know, some of the guys, the you know, the great Russia Gate Twitter corner, 
you know, who I'm talking about. I mean, a lot of these great guys, like Fool Nelson, Walk of Fire, you guys have seen them on Twitter. Oh, they're just yeah. a great bunch of people. You know, they're great and they're brilliant and stuff like that. And so they put together this thing. I don't know, what does Twitter call it? Twitter Live. So when people sign on and you can actually hear people's voices, it was yeah. thrilling. I'd like a lot of these people, I'd never heard their voice or anything. So it was great. So they asked me if, if I'm, you know, we're talking about the Durham indictment and stuff. And I start going on, I start going on about, uh, what's his name? Uh, Baker, you know, and then all of a sudden my microphone goes dead. I'm like, what the, what happened? And then I get back on, I'm like, oh, I guess that's what happens when you talk about Jim Baker on Twitter. Goes from the FBI, who's now the, what, now the deputy counsel at Twitter or something like that. Oh, God, that's right. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So be careful on Twitter, everyone, right, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it just shows you. It just shows you what a creep show our elite is. They go from one. They go from one miserable, pathetic institution to another. Yeah, it it it's astonishing to wonder how we got, you know, how this we got to this place. I mean, that's obviously a subject for another show. That's a long, you know. But we we basically have a lot of people who are questionable that are in these positions of power and are quote trusted institutions. So. All right, well, Lee, that's been over an hour, and this went by really fast, and I'm exhausted because I had really to get up fun. really early this morning. But it's a fast; it went by quick. So, and we didn't even get any stuff. Ramones. This time. Such good stuff. Next yeah, time, you got to get the Ramones. Next time, please invite me on again. We'll, I, if I have to, I'll even I don't know. Would they take it down if I played it for my stereo in the background or for my? It depends. I, we're not. We're not like at the level where they would notice unless someone reported us, which is maybe someone will. But I'm going to I'm going to find some as our bump, our out bump. I so bet the Ramones would have, I bet the, the Ramones would have loved Happy Hour. Oh, absolutely. God, what a great what a great band. They just don't make music. Do they do they make music that good anymore? They just no. don't. No, it's terrible. One thing, when we're signing off, I want to say something to kind of bring it to a bookend because you were you started by saying that you wouldn't, you never would have seen yourself defending um, Nicki uh, Minaj. Nicki Minaj, Nicki and I'm Minaj, thinking like, yeah. and I'm thinking, I don't know about that. Actually, that someone said to me six months ago. I said, can you see Liz Shell defending Nicki Minaj? Something <laughs> like, oh yes. I don't know. I don't know what about. But but in fact, in fact, yeah, that's a gimme. That's a push. Absolutely. I see Liz defending Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I don't know what over, but we will see that in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, it just it just done. Done. I don't <laughs> even know her music. In. Check the box. Yeah. Well, Lee, thank yeah, exactly. you so much. This was, oh thank my you, God. Thank you, guys. It was Thank inspiring, you. informative. Fun. Our listeners are gonna love it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, good and optimistic. I hope. Yes. We're winning, guys. We're winning. I love. I love winning. that. I love it. All right. Thank you so Have much, a great Lee. Weekend, and thank guys. you for thank listening. You guys so much. For happy hour, please remember to subscribe on iTunes. We're happy hour with Julie and Liz, and we will see you next week. One, two, three, four. Oh